great future. We're talking real money. You may think they're professionals. They certainly hold themselves out to be professionals. You may think that these people who have these gorgeous offices, often in these nice office buildings, or that nice guy from church, or the one who knocked on your door, or the one you're in a service club with, who wears the nice suit, drives the nice car, you may think these folks are professionals. These stockbrokers, these financial advisors, these money experts that want to manage your money because they're smarter than you are about money. Well, in many cases, they're not just bad at it. And I believe that the majority are bad at it. I think that the evidence kind of supports that. But many of them are downright crooked. They literally do things that are counter to your best interests. They're only in the person who's pitching you the product's best interest, Tom. You forgot to mention one part of it, too. They could be on the radio and they could be very corrupt as well, right? Oh, let me just, money. as, as yeah. somebody who's on the radio and yeah. has been for uh, doing money talk for <gasps> since the beginning of time, practically. Back in yeah. the days of Bob Brinker. Yeah. Anyway, the majority of the people on the radio were, are, are, are at best terrible at what they do and at worst, totally dishonest. And this story comes from a personal tale where uh, somebody's, the writer's mother was scammed for 700 or 775,000, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it in the does article, to me, yeah, well, it's, it's, it's not an insignificant sum. But um, in the article, he says mom will have to make adjustments to her lifestyle because that money's all gone. It turned out that he was later found out about this, that the company was under investigation by the Securities and Exchange Commission and had been pitching a new medical technology, a new medical technology, Don, by an ad on a local Philadelphia radio station that guaranteed. Guaranteed. Here you go. Here you go. This is the pitch that gets people because they think you can't say this on the radio unless it's true, right? Yeah, what did yeah. it guarantee them? Guaranteed a 10% a year return. They can't say that on the radio. And by the way, how did they pitch this after the ad? They said, come to our free lunch. Come to our free lunch and learn all about this. You're going to love the wonderful sandwich you get. Not to mention the accoutrement that'll be wonderful. And you're going to get this great idea to invest in this is <laughs> this is like you know when you're when your mom said or your grandmother said you know there's no such thing as a free lunch well this is like there's no such thing as a free lunch squared yeah bingo <laughs> uh and so what happened was this went bad uh as the as the author pointed out but the author dug into the numbers it's a fascinating thing uh according to the author consumers lost 8.8 .8 billion dollars to fraud in 2022 that was a 30% increase over 2021. And of course, the author is not somebody who's in the financial services business, was surprised that this could happen, surprised that the credibility of these people uh, was apparently okay because they were on the radio. They held themselves out as financial advisors. So that the author decided to look into this a little bit, trying to figure out how do you protect yourself? Now, here the, here's where I struggle a little bit with the article. Because he says check credentials. Then he did mention certified financial planners. Now there are some CFPs. Actually, it's a she. It's a she. Pardon me. 
Thank you. I'll stand corrected. Yeah. Uh, th- there are some CFPs who sell products, right? Mm-hmm. Th- there's no guarantee mm-hmm. that a CFP will not uh, will not will have to act in your best interest. Um, did point well, out actually, that, hold on, hold on. Yeah. I begged, you know, to supposedly the certified financial planning board requires all of their designees. Yeah. I don't know how they can say that. They tell them they must act as fiduciaries, but I, I rarely have heard of them pulling a CFP designation for someone who doesn't always act as a fiduciary, because I know there are, I know people by name who are on the radio, who are CFPs, who and are selling, selling people indexed yep. annuities. And that is not a, a product that a fiduciary can sell. And yet the CFP board does not take them down. So another reason credentialing may not be all it's cracked up to be. And you don't understand what it means. I think this is the, there's a lot of people have the alphabet soup after their name. Oh, that looks really official. Doesn't mean you're getting a straight skinny on things. Uh, but I do like these suggestions. Ask how they get paid. I think yep. that's a very reasonable thing you should know from anybody. That should be the be probably the beginning of the conversation. I hated uh, that the author said, talk to friends and family. Ask your friend, what, what about this? What, is this a good place? Is that good people, et cetera? They're not going to know any more than you will. No, unless they unless they have had some incredible experience with someone, you get a, sometimes referrals can be good. But you still, it the onus falls on you. It does. And that gets back to the two things I really did like about this article. Number one, if anybody is giving first giving you a guarantee of almost anything, I wouldn't put money in it. No way. Um, and if if it sounds too good to be true, 10% a year annualized return, I don't, I don't know where that exists. With a guarantee, no way can't find it. Number it doesn't two, exist. It literally does not exist. If anyone is saying that to you, I'm telling you, listen carefully. They li- they're lying. They basically have to be because there's no way to invest money to get 10% guaranteed. Here's the other one that I think people forget about. When you go to the free lunch, free dinner, etc., the steak, whatever it is they're they're doing there, the likelihood is you're going to get a pitch for a high expense product that mm-hmm. is not in your best interest, that it really helps the person selling it more than it ends up helping you. But if you don't believe me, believe the author who found out that uh, now this is their number. 78%, they said, of the people making these pitches in a free lunch and dinner have major rules violations. In other words, they've done things that they shouldn't have done in the past, but they're holding out like, oh, I'm a financial advisor. Come to my little lunch seminar and let me give you the 10% pitch. That's what really bothers me is that people who have disclosures against them are still out pitching product. Now, there is a huh, there's a couple of things in the article that I one that they really didn't mention and one that I really liked. One that they didn't mention is today it is it would have been so easy for Lisa's mom and dad to check out this advisor. Yeah. It would have been so 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 easy. So here, this is for all of you listening. Please, Please write this down because it works for brokers and investment advisors now. They're both on the same thing. Go to brokercheck.org. Broker All one word. Dot org. Yep. Okay. Yes. Or just type up, type in broker check into Google. And if type in the name of the person or the firm 
for whom they work. And let me just type in Thomas Cock. Oh, God, I hope I show up. Um, still working, right? Yeah, let's see if you're in here. Let's see if you're in here. Thomas Charles Cock Jr. Yeah, still there. Good. You Look at you. You work for Appella Wealth. Okay. And when you click on more, it says, oh, wait, it says, here's what's really interesting. This is is cool. It says investment advisor, IA. Yeah. IA. That tells you something, just that. That tells you he's registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission and is always required to act in your best interests. Now I'll look just, and this is just random right next to Tom is a guy by the name of Thomas Cockrell. Don't know him. No, don't know him, Mm -mm. but he has a B and an I a next to his name, which says he's both a broker Ah. and an investment advisor, which means he's duly registered. When he acts as a broker, he is not required to act as a fiduciary. When he acts as an investment advisor, he is. How do you know the difference? Tom, what's the answer? How do you know the difference? How do I know the difference between a broker and an investment advisor? When he's advisor? acting as a broker and an investment advisor. Well, you, if as a broker, you could sell a commissionable product. No, no, no. When As you as a client, let's say you went into his office and you're sitting at his desk. How do you know? How can you tell? This is a trick question. How can you tell if he's a broker or an investment advisor, if he's a fiduciary or not? He's wearing the, the red hat or the green hat, was it? Yeah, no, they're, they, they're not required to wear the hat. So the answer is you can't. I, I was, you had me go. I, was, I thought that <laughs> was going to be my retirement. There was no right answer. Okay. There was no correct answer. You cannot know. Okay. You okay. So he there. could be a great guy. He could yeah. be a great guy. Here's another one. Um, uh, David Thomas. He was previously registered as a broker. He is now claiming he's only registered as an investment advisor, but I'd be willing to bet I'd find some little red flags in his firm. Um, and he has four disclosures. Ah, that's bad. That's yeah, a lot. He yeah. has four. That's a lot of disclosures. Considering, Tom, how many disclosures do you have? I don't think I have any. You have zero. Tweet. Don Don McDonald, how many has he had? I don't zero. Think he has zero. Yeah, so you're um, he has had a regulatory dispute with regulators. He has had customer disputes that he's had yeah. to settle, which means he's not, he hasn't been a good boy yeah. for most of his career. He's had some real problems. Anybody can do this. You yeah, can look these people up. That's one part. Here's another thing to consider about losing it all, like happened in this article. Number one, if your money is held at a major custodian, a Schwab Fidelity Vanguard, I don't think you could lose it all. I don't think no. they would allow a product like that to be they would not. in there that, that could go to zero. Number two, if you buy anything that has a guarantee on it, you could lose it all because I, as Don just said, it's baloney. So I wouldn't ever touch anything that has a guarantee. And to that end, I would only ever use products from major firms or, or uh, you know, major companies, Vanguard, Dimensional, Avantis, firms that you you can look up, you know, they're solid, not something where they're touting a 10% return with a new medical device. That's where the trouble can often start. And then there was one other thing in this article that I really liked, and this is something we don't suggest nearly often enough. And that is the very last paragraph. It says, complain. Good point. Complain, complain, complain. You can call the Securities and Exchange Commission and complain. 
if they're an uh, investment advisor only or both. You can call FINRA if they're a broker or both. And they actually do. They're in the business of regulating. If you have a complaint, they're going to listen. May take you a little while to get through. Yeah, no, but I think you're right. You got to raise your hand. That's absolutely spot on. I hate reading stories like this, and in this case, I hated it even more when the explanation was that the mom, who I'm sure can't recover from this financially, is going to have to change her lifestyle to some extent in retirement. Because once you're there, what are you going to do? Uh, it it's not going to work out. So I, I, it's painful, painful story to read. I know. And I, I just, it, this is why I get so indignant with the industry. If, and I want to mention this to all of you in the industry who listen going, well, these guys are idiots. Really, if you were totally honest, if you were totally honest, could you make a living the way you're doing business? I bet you couldn't. That is absolutely spot on way to put it. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. So. You have to, you know, for a fact, you have to lie a little. You have to mislead a little. You have to be a salesperson a lot to make a living. Is that how you want to make a living? If that's not, if, if you, if you are saying, okay, I'm sick and tired of lying even a little bit to my clients then you need to become a registered investment advisor, have no connection to any commission products whatsoever, charge people a fee for your services, slowly and steadily build a business. It's going to hurt initially. It's hard. It's, it's going to hurt initially. It. <laughs> there is an e we know there's an easier path to being yeah. wealthy. We know Indeed. it. Yeah. We could have taken it. We could have taken it and That's started true. selling indexed annuities. Yeah. Nothing illegal about it. They're just wrong. Yeah. But nothing illegal. Both Tom and I could be living in palatial splendor. And, you know, we could be buying our tiny little version of Jet Bezos's yacht. Teeny, <laughs> a little, little rowboat up to it. All right. A couple of questions here. Uh, this one comes from Dennis in Orting, Washington. It says, what's the name of the bank you mentioned today that pays over 4% interest on the savings account? Is there a minimum balance in order to receive that amount? <laughs> the name of the bank? Yeah, um, said, there are but, only thousands of them. Yeah. As a matter of fact, yeah. I was driving my wife to the doctor today and there was a billboard for a local Orlando credit union. How much? It said paying 4% on savings, no minimum. Yeah. Or easier than that, because maybe you don't want to drive outside Orlando, <laughs> is you can go to uh, bankrate.com and click on savings and it gives you a list of all the online. Yeah, these are online banks. You can't go to it. Um, I use one because it's paying right now 5.13%, better than four, but the deals are all up there. I just looked today. There's still deals over 5%. And will it change? Yeah, it'll change. If rates come down, will it go down? Yeah, it'll come. It's not guaranteed for some period of time, but uh, there's all kinds of deals over 4% there, Dennis, that you can get. It's I think you should trust them. They're guaranteed uh, by the FDIC up to the same same uh, minimums that you get in any bank that has a branch. So yeah, that's where you go. Bankrate.com. They're not the only ones, but that's a good source that'll give you lots and lots of options to, to work from. Yep. That's good. Good answer. There's so many of them right now. It just, if you're a bank of America or chase, it's not your bank. That's yeah. paying out the high rates, but sorry about others. that. Bank of America is still at zero point 
what? I don't know, small. Uh, that ain't changed. 0. 0.01 on the lowest, go. on the smallest accounts. For God's sakes. Uh, this comes from George in Uxbridge, Massachusetts. Not familiar with Uxbridge. Uxbridge. You're not familiar with the <laughs> Northeast. <laughs> That's a good point. I've been there about twice in my life. All right. So uh, George writes, hello, Don and Tom. Enjoy hello. the show. Have learned a lot listening to you. I appreciate your willingness to provide invaluable guidance. I'm 60 years old, planning to retire in five years. Awesome. I suffer a bit from hodgepodge-itis because of the moves I made before discovering you. I want to start rebalancing my portfolio in order to have more safety, safety, Dom, during mm-hmm. my retirement mm-hmm. and ask for your counsel. I have three baskets to draw from. Million dollars in a taxable account. 260,000 in a Roth, $170,000 in a traditional. So did you get that 170 in pre-tax, 260 uh-huh. post-tax, uh-huh. a million in the taxable? Question is, because I will use each basket at a different stage of retirement, should each basket be treated as an island separate from the others regarding diversification? Also, is a good idea to take more risk with the Roth because it will be used many years from now and be more conservative with the taxable brokerage account. No, I don't like looking at them as islands. I do think you should look at them as archipelagos or as an archipelago. Art guy, come on. It's really an archipelago. It's like, you know, Hawaii. Hawaii is Oahu and Maui, but it's a bunch of islands. So the islands, and they all work together as one state in these United States of America. Touche. But each account should have a different type of investment within it, depending on how quickly it will be liquidated, its tax advantages or lack thereof. So, yeah, the the accounts that are going to go the the longest, you can have the riskiest assets in them. The accounts that are going to be withdrawn cl- uh, in, in a shorter period of time should have more conservative assets. Ah, there you go. But, but, but in your taxable account, you want tax-advantaged investments in there. So like, like, well, like a, a growth, your growth ETFs, you might mm-hmm. want in there yeah, sure, uh, or a tax managed mutual fund that or will be less maybe taxable. If you're, in a, yeah. if you're in a high, high bracket, you might want to look at, you know, instead of a, 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 a regular bond fund, a taxable bond fund, you might want to look at a tax free bond fund or, kind of or if let's just, let's just assume this is 1.4 million and you want half in stocks, half in bonds. I would take the 170 then the pre-tax and put that all in bonds. Because that's the place it probably makes sense. The Roth then could be in all stocks if you wanted. Right. And then the rest of it to build around those two to create your 50-50 portfolio. I do worry when people say safety. I worry, worry, worry. Oh, the yeah, word. The, yeah, because the word. It, 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 safety. My safety is different than your safety. Yeah, indeed. We have very. to define safety very, very, very literally. And that's why we tell people to take our risk quiz because you cannot, it's safety is not binary. There's not safe and unsafe. There are degrees of safe and degrees of perception of safety. As a matter of fact, even the word risk can be easily misconstrued. When we talk about risk in, an, in, a, in a portfolio like yours, we are not talking about the possibility of losing it all. That's yeah. not it. Shouldn't it's, be and that should never be on the table anyway. And it can be with individual stocks. It can be with risky investments that can go sideways. Or, things you know, that free lunches, yeah, free lunch, free dinner. So I think you're 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 correct though. You do want to first of all determine 
your overall portfolio. Number two, as Don just said, how much you're going to need to withdraw on an annual basis. Build the portfolio that way so that you can draw correctly when the time comes. So there's some work to be done here with a with a one and a half million dollar portfolio in retirement. Uh, but it sounds yeah, good. you need to learn. Everybody, this is so important for all of you. You need to determine your not just your risk tolerance, but what we like to call your risk profile. Ah, your risk profile has various things that go into determining it. One of them is your risk tolerance, which can be determined by taking a test, but it's it's loosey-goosey. It's not really precise. The other thing that goes into it is how much risk you need to take given your situation and your future needs. So it, it gets a little complex. And this is one of the reasons why people say, well, if I'm just getting started, do I need an advisor? Not as much as when you get to this point. It It's important to do these things. Absolutely. And by the way, I can get people on that risk quiz to be very accurate now when we do the in-office one with the electrodes. I, it's surprising. The numbers can be really good with oh, enough when of you a go, shot. Are you sure? Yes. Are you really <laughs> sure? Then you find out, you know. <laughs> okay, no, no, no. I want less risk. Exactly. It's amazing how accurate that can be. So Don's right. I mean, this is a time probably uh, for you, George, to talk to somebody, uh, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Uh, and by the way, if you say, I'm never going to make my manage my money. Okay, fine. But you can pay people to do a retirement income plan that will help you understand all these things in a way that you probably do not understand. I think that's great advice, Don. And and how can they get that kind of help? How for can free, they get Tom? that kind of help? How can they get that help? For oh free, man, Tom? yeah, you're really putting me on the spot yeah, here. I, I, think- I know you don't know because you can never remember the name of the link. <laughs> I can remember the name okay. of the link now. Uh, you go to talkingrealmoney.com, click on Meet an Advisor. M E E T an Advisor. Easy. As opposed to M E A T an Advisor, yeah. which Eat you only do advisor. in the dead of winter if you're trapped on Donner Pass. Exactly. That's the only time you meet your advisor oh, with God, an E A T. You know, one of the survivors opened a restaurant later, which I always thought was funny. Um, anyway, so yeah, they did not. Yeah, they did. Did they I read really? The book. It was quite a book. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, uh, Donner's Donner's Smokehouse. Yeah, something like I was. I, there's an old joke, but I can't. I don't think I can say it because I'll get in trouble if I do. So I'm not going to go. Well, there. remember, this is the podcast. I know. But I think I'll get in trouble with the people that are looking over my shoulder right there. <laughs> All I think those people. Okay. Yanking me out of the way. Anyway, yeah, I think you're you're a good candidate that, that gets some help. But if you're not, you really are a do-it-yourselfer. I think we've given you a few firm suggestions that would be very helpful. And some that are not as, are a little more squishy. They're not as firm. The opinions and views expressed on this podcast were current on the date recorded. Opinions, estimates, forecasts, and statements of financial market trends that are based on current market conditions constitute our judgment and are subject to change without notice, including any forward-looking estimates or statements that are based on certain expectations and assumptions. Although information and opinions given have been obtained from or based on sources believed to be reliable, no warranty or representation is made as to their correctness, completeness, or accuracy. Information presented on the podcast is not personalized investment advice from Appella Wealth. The views and strategies described may not be suitable for everyone. This podcast does not identify all the risks, direct or indirect, or other considerations which might be material to you when entering any financial transaction. Past performance does not guarantee future results, and profitable results cannot be guaranteed. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. The podcast is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Wealth, a fee-only registered investment advisor. 
please see Appella Wealth's ADV Part 2A on our website for information regarding Appella's fees and services. Appella Capital LLC DBA Appella Wealth is an investment advisory firm registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. The firm only transacts business in the states where it is properly registered or excluded or exempt from registration requirements. Registration with the SEC or any state securities authority does not imply a certain level of skill or training. Appella does not provide tax or legal advice, and nothing either stated or implied here should be inferred as providing such advice. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and important disclosure related to performance of any specific index or fund quoted in this podcast. And the lawyers get richer.